Well, welcome to all you guys listening out there tonight. Uh, we are Drink 5, uh, myself and Jason across the table from me here. We have some good stuff for you, and today we're going to be going over quarterbacks. Uh, we're doing our preseason lineup shows. We've got quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, uh, and then we'll probably throw in some kickers and defense in there as well. Although, oh, do we I, have to? I know Jason doesn't dig them too much. Uh, I must tell you, though, I mean, I think defenses can score you. I might be sick you. that week. They can score you a lot of points. I agree yes, with you. Yes, I know. So can kickers. I love Josh Scobie one year. Kickers are kind of bullshit, though, I'll be honest. I, if we're gonna If we're going to drop one of them, I say kickers should go. That's fine. <laughs> that, I would agree with that. But, if I could only pick one. In most standard leagues, there still are kickers, and so, you know, so be it. So, as always, we'll start the show with what uh, we are drinking. And, Jason, you picked up a couple of doozies tonight. What do you got there? So, I've got the uh, Crazy Mountain Brewing Company, Lawyers, Guns, and Money, the Barley Wine Style Ale. And uh, here's my first sip. I suppose I haven't drank it yet. That's good radio right there. (sighs) (laughs) Everyone knows how to be patient, Dave. Remember, the pauses aren't as long as you think they are. I'm not. Oh, that's excellent. I, I really like barley wines, and if anyone knows me, they know that I like IPAs. And um, this has a lot of hops for a barley wine. It's almost like a cross between like a double IPA and a barley wine. It's 10% alcohol, um, and damn, it's freaking good. Well, I'll be trying it shortly. And for those of you just joining us, uh, if you are listening live, we are broadcasting on Mixer where you can chat in the chat room as well. So if you have something to say about the uh, quarterbacks that we go over, please do. And uh, we'll add you into our discussion as long as you are not a raving lunatic. But if you are really crazy, then maybe we will add you anyway because that's probably entertaining for the audience. You have to be stark raving mad. Stark raving mad, which is a good name for a brewery probably. We should we should start that. Okay. Stark Raving Brewery? I don't know. <laughs> hmm. So, uh, as we progress tonight, we'll, uh, we'll talk about the beers, we'll talk about the quarterbacks, and anything else you guys want to talk about in the chat room. And, uh, Jason, you want to play a game tonight at all? A drinking game? Sometimes we do. I'd love to drink tonight, sure. Okay. Um, well, we could uh, always take the traditional rules. Coaches. Uh, you could use uh, nicknames. I don't know if there's a ton of nicknames to use tonight, but uh, you know, coaches for sure will come up. Okay, if so you we'll say drink on coaches, names of the coaches, then uh, then you got to drink. Otherwise, I don't know if the coaches have nicknames. That's kind of awkward. I'm not really sure about that one. If you can pull up the coach's nickname, <laughs> the other person has to drink. Well, that's all right. I'm 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 down with that. However, uh, any time that you are uh, naming a coach, then then you are imbibing some alcohol. Sure. All right. Well, let's uh, start her off there. I'm sure you got a, a whole list of things to talk about. Well, um, you know, we're going to talk about quarterbacks tonight. Um, there's several different, uh, I suppose, you know, ways that you could look at quarterbacks in fantasy football. So the the very broad spectrum is there's quarterbacks in standard scoring leagues. So they get four points per touchdown. They get 25 yards uh, for every point for passing. Usually negative one uh, for interceptions. Sometimes. There's no negatives in leagues. Um, your basis, just so everyone knows, it was probably Yahoo since that's where you started. Yahoo your standard, leagues. yeah, that's Yahoo standard. Um, I know that some standards are 20 yards per uh, point, but they're all pretty close to that. Um, so there are also a variety of leagues that do six quarterback, uh, six point passing touchdowns for quarterbacks. So that almost tends to weight the better guys even more and kind of pushes them up the list a bit. 
Sure. I mean, there's there's guys that don't score as many touchdowns, but maybe have a lot of yardage, but not as many. Usually you find that the more touchdowns you're scoring as a quarterback, the better you are in general. So those sure. guys are going to push their way up on the list, like you mentioned. Um, and and, and the list gonna, will even get more top-heavy. Yeah, you're going to find that disparity grows uh, between the top and the middle, and then the middle and the bottom. Uh, it stretches out like a like a slinky a little bit more. And that's something we'll get over tonight, the disparity between like the top of the quarterbacks and the bottom. Well, I'm over it already. All right, so uh, <laughs> two quarterback leagues are leagues where you start a second quarterback either in a dedicated position or as like a super flex sort of thing. Um, in those leagues, obviously, pretty much every starting quarterback is going to be on a roster somewhere just because you need that backup. Do you play in any two-quarterback leagues? I do. I play in two of them. So are they dedicated two-quarterback leagues, or are those leagues where there's a super flex position that allows you to play any position in addition to the quarterback? They're both super flex. However, in the... Because there is a distinction. In the cumulative, I would say, eight seasons that I've played between the two leagues, uh, I have only started a running back or a wide receiver in those positions less than five times. And that makes sense, although there are some people that do like to start, let's say, four wide receivers or something on occasion. Uh, but if you plan it right, right, the quarterback should score more points than anyone else you're able to get at that position. Yeah, some of these leagues will tone down the scoring for quarterbacks. They may make sure that it's only four-point passing touchdowns, stuff like that. Um, so it, it all depends. I'm in a couple of different leagues where the quarterback scoring is a little out of hand. So it's fun. I kind of like it being top-heavy. I think it makes it more difficult than just looking at everything as standard because that's how everything is ranked. So yeah, it, if it's well, going to be different than that, it makes it harder for everyone. You're never going to be in a league where everything is equal. That's impossible. When we started out playing fantasy football, it was sort of top-heavy on the running backs because that's the way that the game was going. Then it seemed to drift towards the wide receivers. And now we're in leagues, like Jason said, where you are six-point quarterbacks or you play two quarterbacks then that adds in a whole other element. So I'm with you. I think uh, it, it is cool to have standard leagues, and we still do. In fact, the Drink 5 Writers League uh, is completely standard Yahoo with no changes. Yeah, we haven't changed it now. This will be the fourth year. But that's the baseline, and it's supposed to it probably continue to be the baseline for right, us. Right. Uh, but I do like to branch out and do all sorts of things. Um, and so uh, Graham uh, from the chat room mentioned, the Andy Dalton line. So if we're going to talk about quarterbacks... You must mention the Andy Dalton line. So the way you do that, right, is you look at someone who consistently performs somewhere in the middle uh, over a period of years, and you say, well, if everyone is either better or worse than him, then that's kind of where, in the NFL anyway, um, you're going to want a quarterback that is better than Andy Dalton, and it will stay on your team as, as your starting quarterback. Right. And if he's worse than Andy Dalton, then you're probably looking for you someone to replace You need to look to for a new, yeah, a new guy. And if you have Andy Dalton, well, then you're the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year, by the way. I think it's going to be the first in a while. The first non-Andy Dalton playoff year. Where the other teams are getting too good for them to... Uh, to get up there. Interesting. So, do you believe in the Andy Dalton line? Do you think this is a, a real thing? I mean, is this like the the North Pole? Not the uh, magnetic North Pole. But, but the geographic North Pole? Yeah. Uh, you know, I do find that um, the Andy Dalton line looks like it's going to continue at least through this year. Um, granted, he did finish like third in scoring one year, but he still looks like Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. And he still looks like a mediocre quarterback at best. So this is more based on just in the NFL than necessarily fantasy-wise when you're talking about the Andy Dalton line. But it is a fun uh, gauge. So um, one last uh, 
style of drafting that you got to worry about are the keeper and the dynasty leagues. All right, um, so certain keeper leagues, um, you're going to want to be worrying about younger guys to make sure you get your hands on them. Uh, I don't think that this year in keeper leagues you're going to have to worry about Mariota, uh, Mariota or Winston. But right, everyone, that's Mariota. That is the correct pronunciation. We're going to try to continue that and... to compare tiers among different positions to sort of get an idea of the relative strength of that player at the position. So, you know, a tier one guy is going to be much better than a tier two guy, even if they're three and four. Um, so, like, our tier one contains Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and uh, those are the guys who have separated themselves from the rest of the group. Um, not really a whole lot to uh, surprise anyone there. Um Second tier is like Drew Brees, Tony Romo, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, guys who are going to score lots of points this year, guys who are on a high-powered offense, or like Drew Brees is just traditionally a freaking powerhouse but maybe doesn't have the weapons around him to bring him up to the first tier. All right, let's 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 launch into it, huh? Well, who do we start with here? Okay, so what we want to look at is uh, kind of the guys who, according to our rankings, are going to have a good value and guys who are going to be overvalued. They're overrated. Um, so what are we doing now? All right, chill out. I'm getting to it all. Good value. You're you're very impatient, Dave. No, I just want to get on with it. Let's let's talk about a player. Let's uh, let's really sink our teeth into him. Okay. Well, according to our rankings, Carson Palmer is ranked number eleven. You know, we've seen him in Arizona for a couple of years now. He seems like he's very good when he's healthy. Um, they have a decent offense. They have a really good defense. And uh, his overall ranking, uh, sorry, his ECR, his uh, expert consensus ranking, is number 19. So that's the largest gap that we have um, on any of our quarterbacks. And his ADP is 22, which is 153 overall, 22 at the position. And it means that uh, he's being taken in the 16th round of drafts of a 10-team league. So he's available whenever you want, and this is a guy who's has a really good chance to finish, I would say, in the top 12. So with a guy who you can risk almost nothing on or take him as a backup, you're going to get 
top 12 to top 10. If you want to get him, you probably need to draft him somewhere around rounds. Uh, uh, I mean, not rounds, but pick, let's say, 17 or 18, which is a little bit before where the consensus ranking says he should be because we value him highly. It's an ADP at the position. Well, 17th is, or 18th quarterback taken. It's 22. Right. So you need to draft him slightly above where the average people draft him. Don't count on – if you want him, don't leave him to be a free agent. You need to take him in the – you know. Once you get to like the twelfth, maybe thirteenth round, you need to make sure that you take him if you want him. Well, yeah. So ADP one fifty three overall, etc. But if you're in a two quarterback league or even more, then he's going to be suddenly worth way more than that. Oh, I think that in a two quarterback league where people are going to be paying more attention to the QBs, he's going to go much earlier. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously the ADP data is kind of you can throw it out, um, but positionally speaking, uh, it's still relevant, and that would I think jump. Yeah, you got to remember, like you know, uh, Graham said in the in the chat room, he's kind of a guy who's made of glass, and and we don't take that into account really uh, because we're extrapolating our information. And Carson Palmer is a veteran quarterback, and he may be healthy all year. But you should think about that a little bit when you're drafting. You shouldn't take all guys that are over thirty, and and you know, all guys that are going to break <laughs> down. You shouldn't just put that in the back of your mind. It should be uh, front and center. So. Uh, it's a concern, but if the rest of your team is is young and say Carson Palmer is a number two guy on your team or something like that, then there's no reason to not risk uh, on a guy that could be uh, low end top ten or right around that area. Sure, and I guess what we're you know getting to is that we don't build our rankings with the thought of could this guy get injured or not. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, like you said, his targets they don't know who's going to start at tight end. Really, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any names there yet. They did just pick up Chris Johnson yesterday. Uh, we'll see if that pans out. I guess he's not even guaranteed to make the 53-man roster. That's just Bruce Arians. Of course, of course. It's coach speak. And I'll drink again.
But but he always does that. He gives everybody a chance, and then he also doesn't give everyone a chance, I guess. But uh, their their guy is uh, is Jermaine Gresham, uh, I think. So I mean, he could do well. Jermaine Gresham, I think, is going to start the season on the pup, or is he just getting off of it before the season starts? Uh, well, last year uh, he was on he was injured right towards the end of the year, mm-hmm. and I think yes, he was activated on August third. Uh, so he will be their guy, but there's a bunch of guys, and you can't really count on one presence in in that position, especially on a team. Uh, that is run by Arians. And, yeah, I'll keep drinking over here. I just like talking about <laughs> You only the have to have a half a drink. I like talking about the former Pittsburgh coach, all right? Sure. I, I like the current Pittsburgh coach, uh, Mike Tomlin. Yes. Well, he's he's awfully good as well. <sighs> uh, so, relevant stats about Carson Palmer, right? Arizona threw the ball 35.1 times per game last year. Everyone in the NFL is throwing the ball more. Quarterback value is uh, slowly going up. Not as fast as wide receiver value is going up, but it's still going up. Um, he the the team itself is kind of right in the middle of the pack with the NFL, uh, so you're not going to see stellar passing yards. But Palmer is on a three-year upward trend. If you were to extrapolate last year's data over 16 games, um, Cardinals' window is closing fast. They need to do very well this year. They're going to take lots of chances. Carson Palmer is going to have lots of opportunity to throw the ball because they don't have like a bell cow back who's just going to run the ball 400 times for them. No, it'll be some kind of committee. Uh, led by Andre Ellington. Right, right. Um, uh, all right, well, uh, you know, good luck, Carson. Sure. Um, <laughs> Tom Brady is number eight in our rankings. He's an ECR of 14. Uh, I suspect his ECR is lower because he has a looming suspension. Well, we're not specifically taking into that that into effect either. Right, because, you know, I'm more concerned with how a player does game by game. You know, you took Le'Veon Bell uh, first overall in the most recent draft you were in. Not first overall in the draft, but your first pick in the first round. I'm sure you didn't care at all that he's going to miss two games. Yeah, but that's number seven to a guy who's projected to have 307 touches. I mean, Tom Brady, if he misses four games, that's a quarter of the season. Sure, and and you do need to fill in. And you may be able to pick up like Tom Brady and Carson Palmer for really cheap at the end of the draft. Well, you could take Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of any draft if you think he's going to fill in, but he... For example, if Tom Brady does get suspended, Garoppolo's not going to be a guy that is a quarterback one. You know, True. And, and you know the Patriots have issues. They're, they are not necessarily this, this amazing team, especially early in the season. They always tend to do pretty badly early in the season. So uh, regardless of whether you have Brady and he doesn't get suspended or you have Garoppolo or any combination of uh, <coughs> the Patriots passers, um, let's be honest, they don't do well in the first four, six, eight weeks of the year. They certainly finish a lot better than they start. Um, but he does have Julian Edelman, who uh, is catching tons of passes in the former Wes Welker role. Uh, he's got Gronk, who is going to Gronk all over the Gronk. Um, then there's uh, Tims, there's Amendola, and a whole bunch of uh, running backs. And they generally do like throwing the ball to the running backs. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's this combination of guys you've never heard of, James White and... Uh, and Jonas Gray. Uh, and Jonas Gray will we'll end up getting a whole bunch of passes, regardless of which one of them comes out on top. That doesn't matter. And uh, you're very correct in saying that. It doesn't matter who, I'm just going to keep saying coaches' names all night. It doesn't matter who Bill Belichick wants. Exactly. Drink up. All right. So, you have to do it for me. So I mean, he's going to, they're, they're going to have an efficient offense, no matter what they do. Right. Regardless, they're going to do well. But, again, I maintain that if I'm going to take a quarterback that's going to do poorly during the first half of the year, I'm going to take him really late. 
if I'm going to take a quarterback that's going to do well in the first half of the year and then taper off, let's say, like Peyton Manning is, and, and, and sort of how I think traditionally, he's going to do, then I would love that because then I can have him for six games and then trade him. But Tom Brady is just going to get like worse and worse as far as value is concerned sitting on my bench while I'm playing some other guy that I drafted under him. And I don't like that value in a redraft league. Tell me, do you have Tom Brady in any of your leagues, or would you target him to be on one of your teams? I think um, if I was in a specific situation, like you're saying, where you're going to pick Peyton Manning early, Tom Brady's available way late. Maybe I take him. Um, I could see wanting to take Tom Brady and then someone else, not Jimmy Garoppolo, late in the draft. And then just kind of being able to switch between the two throughout the year. Um, I don't I th- know. I think the reason he's number eight in our ranks is because, one, we're not specifically counting against the suspension. And two, he's a guy who could lead you to the championship at the end of the year. So if you can afford to get him... At, right. You at, want to win the last game, not the first game. Yeah. If you can afford to get him at his ADP uh, and a little above, obviously, is what you have to do, then he could be a guy who takes you into the championship and maybe even wins it. But he's not going to be a guy who wins you games in the first couple because either he'll, <laughs> he won't be playing, he'll either be suspended or he won't be great. I mean, that's right. just how it is. So you know, we were talking about touchdowns earlier. He throws, he's thrown over thirty touchdowns in four of the last five seasons. He's pretty good uh, with keeping the interceptions down. Doesn't turn the ball over too.
finishing like between five and ten overall. Or if they're paying too much attention to other rankings, like It's funny. I wanted. I wanted to do the coach thing just now.
you can pick up, you know, heck, in our draft that we were just talking about, Philip Rivers came basically two rounds later than Tony Romo. Oh, yeah. And Tom Brady was the next pick after that. Um, anyways, uh, Philip Rivers is going to be really good this year. He does have some improving targets. So he's got Keenan Allen. Uh, he does have Malcolm Floyd still, um, you know, Keenan Allen's the main stress here. Uh, they have Jacoby Jones. He's probably not going to get a lot of action. But a guy who you are high on this year is Stevie Johnson. Uh, he's going to be playing in San Diego this year. It sounds good from camp, right? He's the number two guy. Okay. They're saying uh, interchangeable Allen, Stevie Johnson running slot, Stevie Johnson running outside. I, I love the guy. you got to remember he was in Buffalo getting over 1,000 yards. One, one year he had 10 touchdowns. One year he had seven. He was a really impressive guy. Uh, and then he kind of fell off as he had his own sort of psychological deals to to, uh, it, to work through. And then he went to San Francisco where there was no quarterback. Yeah, and so he kind of so, fell off the radar. But he's still a come young... Come to think of it, this is probably the best quarterback he's had. Yeah, yeah, and he's a young receiver. They went from Buffalo to San Francisco to San Diego, and now he's a number two target for Phillip Rivers, who just got signed for $65 million guaranteed. I have a feeling that Stevie Johnson is going to go back to 1,000 yards and five or six touchdowns this year. And that's awesome because he is undrafted right now. Yeah, that's true. And I'm taking him in every draft. Okay. And whoever's listening, you know, that's that's fine. You know, take that information as you will. But as Well, the then you'll se- just make somebody draft Stevie Johnson way too high. As the season they gets... they want to take that information. That's incorrect. I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, he's going to be a wide receiver three... So, I mean, you can't take him too high. He's undrafted right now. Yeah, it's you, true. I, I, It's amazing. This is probably the best sleeper pick that I've ever heard of. And the thing is, there aren't really sleeper picks anymore because everybody uh, has a million websites they go to online and everybody has a million podcasts they listen to uh, and they all tell them exactly what everyone else There's tells them. There's a bunch them. of jerks doing podcasts out there oh. just randomly rambling on about fantasy football. It's not about that. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, us jerks are better than other jerks. You know, that's that's just how it works. But but no, seriously, it's hard to have a sleeper in this league because someone has something to say about him, and then if someone does, everybody does. If it's on Reddit, if it's on uh, some kind of forums, if it's on Fantasy Pros, if it's on Roto World, then everybody knows and everybody takes it and everybody tweets it, and suddenly there's there's nothing that that people don't know. Yeah. But Stevie Johnson, for some reason, is still flying under the radar. There's always going to be someone who flies under the radar. I just said there's not. I'm just saying there <laughs> probably is always going to be someone. No, I. I you said Stevie Johnson's well, still under the radar. My favorite guys this year are guys that uh, that could easily get a thousand yards, but are sort of being played down uh, in due to situations on their team and uh, situations with with themselves and where they were in the pecking order of previous teams. I like Stevie Johnson. I also like Eddie Royal from the Bears. Both guys that can play the slot and play outside. Well, yeah, like you're saying with that, to go to your point, Eddie Royal has been, I've heard nothing but Eddie Royal talk f- since Kevin White got injured. Hasn't there been Stevie Johnson news like every day from camp as well? I mean, we're in Chicago, so obviously it's a lot more saturated with the Bears news. Well, here, the, uh, the Eddie Royal's draft ranking has to be going crazy. Oh, he, yeah, it's skyrocketing. Because every day it's like, Eddie Royal's going to save us. No, he's not going to save you. <laughs> but but he might be a WR3 He'll catch 60 team. or 70 passes probably, you know, if there's lots of injuries and he's nobody else is playing. Well, that's who it is. It's Marquise Wilson who's never proved himself. It's just him and Jeffrey on the Cutler offense. Yeah. On the Bears who are going to be losing. So, Cutler's got another guy that he's familiar with, but it's not nearly as good as Brandon Marshall. Yeah, at well, least he's not as crazy. I like both those guys, but regardless, 
Rivers is going to toss the ball around. He, he's a quarterback that likes to fling it. He's got some good targets. Well, we didn't even mention. So you got Antonio Gates still, and For, they've got Danny Woodhead. Yeah, and so he's got plenty of people to throw the ball to. Yeah. And I think they're going to keep throwing the ball, and those guys are going to be really productive. And I don't think Floyd and Jones are going to do so well just because Floyd is older and uh, and Jones has never been that productive on a team. Right. It's going to be Allen. It's going to be Johnson. It's going to be Gates. And Woodhead. Woodhead. Yep. Yeah. And I, it could be beautiful. It, they could definitely do very well. Um, Denver is not as much of a juggernaut as it used to be. Kansas City is kind of up in the air right now. Oakland is improving but not great. They could win the division this year if they have a really good offense. Yeah, and then will they move to L.A. still? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I think that the San Diego owner was trying to block the Rams moving to L.A. because it's almost in his sort of home territory. No, he wants San Diego to move to L.A., and it's all but done. Right, but he doesn't want the Rams to move there, too. I'm just saying, San Diego will move to L.A. if like nothing else happens. I know, I know. I mean, the, the other team in there is the Raiders, and they don't have any chance. The Raiders don't care. <laughs> They're just having fun. They don't. Hey, we're, we're just happy to be included. Well, LA doesn't want all those people from Oakland being bussed into their city, basically. Well, I mean, they <laughs> used to be in LA. I know, but now now they're in Oakland. <laughs> Do you think they should go back there? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it makes sense that there would be a team in LA, but at the same time... There hasn't been a team in L.A. for 20 years, and it didn't really affect the NFL. No, it wouldn't affect the NFL. It's just that people in L.A. were like, why don't is we it, have Is it that NFL hard team? to sell tickets in San Diego? What it is is that owners want new stadiums, and they get angry when uh, the cities won't buy it for them. Well, yeah, and, and everyone who lives in L.A. down there is like all, uh, you know, they think that they deserve everything, and why don't they have a football team? I, you know, I mean, that's a narrative that's been sold to the people of L.A. who now feel that way. Well, I sure, think. sure. Well, they have a lot of money in general. Right, right. They're like, yeah, that is something we don't have. Why, why don't, don't we have that? Why don't we just buy a football team? We'll just bring it here. Right. I mean, you could do the Raiders, but they're probably like, ah, oh, you know, we tried that already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Raiders would love to move down there. You know, they've got an up-and-coming team, and, you know, watch. There's like three teams by the end of the decade in L.A., yeah, so so Rivers uh, bottom bottom of the top ten. Uh, I think he could finish there. You remember a couple years ago we had him listed as like a top five quarterback. He never really lived up to that hype, but he still has a talent to no, do that. No, he was he was like five or six that year. Yeah, I know he was. Well, I mean, he was top five for us, and he basically lived up to that. Hype. What I mean is, and, and let me be more specific. I think he was ranked as like a top one or two quarterback as a guy who was going to win the Super Bowl and what was it 2013 or something for for us yeah well not okay for for everybody. you mean just the general consensus yeah was it Philip Rivers was it was his time to shine and oh it really had was, all the yeah. talent and it just didn't work out right it wasn't you know they still had Vincent Jackson and but yeah he's going to get over 4,000 yards and 30 touchdowns and he's going to be great so uh Colin Kaepernick and and the march of, of quarterbacks that are overrated? Yes. So, um, guys who are overrated who uh, are ranked below their ECR. Ranked on our sheet below where the expert consensus ranking is. So, Kaepernick is ranked 22 on our sheets. He has an ECR of 15. Um, you know, either of those numbers means he's not going to be drafted in as a starter in standard leagues. 
But, you know, one thing that we can't stress enough this year is how messed up the 49ers seem and how uh, lacking it all seems. So uh, I personally definitely think they're going to stumble. I would say that the offense will look borderline anemic. Um, they're going to be like the Jacksonville Jaguars of a couple years ago. Uh, so the the rankings mostly agree with how I feel, and I think you do as well, about Kaepernick, that he's not necessarily a great uh, quarterback. Well, here's what I think. I, I do think you have to keep in mind that, uh, that San Francisco had some really good players on their line and on the defense that could sort of keep the teams down, and they could concentrate on a guy like Frank Gore to just run the ball constantly and be able to uh, you know, sort of just keep getting those first downs and, and keep trying to win those games by that war of contrition, kind of, you know. Or attrition. Attrition. Taking the uh, the clock and just winding it down slowly. I don't think there is a war if there's contrition. All right. <laughs> so, uh, but, Words are fun. But Kaepernick, for example, is a guy who's super athletic, one of the most athletic quarterbacks in the entire league. And now he has a guy like Torrey Smith. And Torrey Smith, he's been just blowing it up with him. He's been throwing it down to the end zone all the time, chucking the ball, um, I don't think that Kaepernick is suddenly going to be amazing, but I do think that the 49ers will have to depend more on uh, the athleticism uh, and the, the pass than they ever had in the past with Kaepernick. And because of that, uh, I think that his stats will probably go up rather than down. That's my opinion. Interesting. Um, the, the things that worry me about Kaepernick, so last year the 49ers only threw the ball 30.4 times. You're saying that for sure that's going up. Yeah. Okay. Do you trust Carlos Hyde and, and the new offensive lineman? No, you got a point there. I just I just get the feeling that he's not going to like have enough chances to throw the ball. He's an athletic guy. He dodges tackles. He goes on runs sometimes, uh, whether they be uh, you know runs that are called or not. You know that's debatable. But right. he, and that's traditionally how he gets his point. How he gets enough points to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, and they haven't had a whole host of great wide receivers either. And they still don't. I mean, they have Anquan Bolden, who's good but not great and getting older. And they just picked up Torrey Smith, who is probably now the best receiver on their team. Yeah. But only catches 60 passes a year. On Baltimore. Well, I don't see it. I don't. I mean, Joe Flacco is a better throwing quarterback than Colin Kaepernick, right? But Torrey Smith was always the number two on that team. Uh, Look, yeah. I, I don't need to get into a debate about this. The, the point is uh, that... I think, regardless of what his, his talents are at as wide receivers, the, the important part is, uh, is the fact that he's going to have to throw more because they can't control the game anymore. They can't. Okay, I, I see where you're coming from there. I, I, that's true. That's very true. I'm just thinking that during the earlier part of the game, he's not going to have as many opportunities to throw because they're just going to be you know, three and out or you know, punting a lot. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games, but I think that his points will go up because they'll be throwing more, because he'll have to run more and scramble more. Uh, and they do have Torrey Smith, who's probably the most talented wide receiver that's been on that team in a long time. Okay. Well, you know, uh, the the two trends that I see with him that I don't like are that his rushing touchdowns have gone down each year, 5, 4, and then 1, and that his interceptions have been going up. It was like 3, and then 8, and then 11, uh, which isn't a huge total, but he doesn't throw the ball nearly as much as other players. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of incompletes, which probably means he's just throwing it away a lot. So what you're saying these are red flags uh, for a player who's not all that uh, much of a veteran in the league to begin with, which means that he's too inconsistent 
uh, and uh, unpredictable to select anywhere in a regular redraft league or even as a quarterback two in a two-quarterback league. Uh, yes, I totally agree. I would not even want to start him in a two-quarterback league. I think he could be a good QB two. I, I think it's silly of us, either of us, to think that he could approach QB one territory because he's just not in that level of talent right now. Um, right. If, if he'll ever get there. But he isn't, he's an athletic guy enough to, to perform as a QB2. Um, unpredictable, though. I mean, I totally agree with that because San Francisco redid not only uh, their, most of their coaching staff and most of their um, uh, defensive guys that all dropped out for one reason or another. <laughs> they all kind of quit. But uh, also a spattering of other people have, have dropped off. The 49ers are a team that uh, is not put together anymore. They, they've, in fact, are a team that has fallen apart. Kind of a mass exodus from San Francisco. Yeah, led by Jim Harbaugh. Cheers. So, so Kaepernick, we say uh, you should stay away from at least if you're in a redraft league. Don't even take him as your number two. Right, Cam Newton on our sheet is ranked number thirteen. He has an ECR of seven, so he's favored by pundits. He's favored by fans. He's not favored by our sheets. Um, he has basically regressed in his stat line every year that he's been in the league uh, since 2011. So that's four years. You know, his rookie year was stellar, and then he kind of took a step back almost each, every single year. Um, you know, people may feel like he's due for a rebound or he, he's due to sort of figure it out and put it back together. Um, but the one thing you always tell me is that what nobody's due for anything. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so... Um, the risk of Cam Newton either being injured or, um, and that's just because of more of his style of play, rather than his, um, uh, rather than him being fragile, because he's been pretty good. Um, but you know, the risk that you have with Cam Newton not performing up to the, you know, not performing up to what he could be, uh, is too great. You know, his ceiling isn't that high. He's not going to be a guy who can even break into the top five. In my opinion, he would have to uh, rush for a very strange statistical aberration, like you know, 12, 14 touchdowns or something like that, to make it up that high. I think so. Uh, there, there isn't enough upside with Cam Newton to even consider drafting him at seven, let alone like ten. So I, I think that he is in a good spot at thirteen. He's definitely a guy who's going to be uh, valued in two quarterback leagues, um, but I just I don't see it with Cam Newton. You know, he doesn't have enough, uh, you know, he has, like, all rookies and, you know, unproven guys. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin is now, like, the most experienced wide receiver on his team. Well, I disagree with you. Uh, I think that Kelvin Benjamin was a great receiver last year, and he was a rookie. He'll only improve this year. Now they have another guy who's just like Kelvin Benjamin called Devin Funches. Two guys like that? Really? Like, this is, this is going to be Tower of Power Red Zone Hour. And then you've got uh, Jonathan Stewart, who is his first year as, a, as the running back, is not uh, challenged by anybody else in the backfield. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Stewart is a PPR back. When he played a couple of times with D'Angelo Williams not in the backfield with him, he was outstanding. Uh, and they've got uh, other guys on their team as well. But like you said, the, the talent is uh, a little bit uh, spread out after that, except, of course, for Greg Olson, who's always one of the best tight ends in the league. So, I mean, if, if Funches can step up, or at least Kelvin Benjamin continues his performance, and Jonathan Stewart does pretty well, and Cam Newton, I mean, he was in a car accident last year. He, it took him a while to shake off stuff. Like, I thought he could have uh, really come back and started improving his stats, but that didn't help him any. 
you know, being in a car accident where you roll sure, over. Sure, sure. That you know, that's going to mess you up. So I, I think that, uh, of course, he's not worth an ECR of seven. I think that he will finish at the bottom of the top ten. But at thirteen on our sheet, uh, I, I think that he's probably a quarterback that will perform uh, at that level or above. So the low, low top ten, or maybe just, uh, just under that. I think the reason that that we're seeing his stats go down and therefore our ranking of him is because he's had a combination of uh, hard luck and uh, some psychological issues as well. You remember the second year he was in the league, uh, after that great first year he had, he was, uh, he was crying on the bench. You know, he's a guy who's only played four seasons. He's a guy who could be in the league for a long time. He was another guy guaranteed $60 million from a $118 million contract. So, like him or not, he's going to be here for a long time and his team will grow up around him. I think... He's better than he has been before. He's healthy. I think that he'll finish around uh, around the ECR of like eight or nine or ten. That's that's how I feel. But like you said, you know, stats are difficult to uh, to to take and just defer. And that means that if his stats have gone down for four years in a row, well, then it's likely that they will stay there or continue to go down. I just don't agree with it. I think that in this particular case, right, right. he will in, in rebound. In your eye, he, he's, he's on the way up. Yeah. Then that's perfectly acceptable. The things that I look at that are the sort of red flags for me, you know, he has a career completion percentage of only 59.5. That's very low among starting quarterbacks who are uh, worth their weight, you know. He's also had shitty whatever. wide receivers, though. Yes. Okay. But he also had Steve Smith, uh, you know, for a while. He had, At the end of Steve Smith's career. Well, Steve Smith was still good last year. Sure. And he's had Greg Olson for a while. And he's been awesome. Right. Every year. Right. So he has had he, he, he hasn't been left completely in the dark. Uh, anyways, they threw the ball 34 times per game last year. In his career, he only throws it about 31 times per game. I don't expect his pass attempts to go up drastically over uh, next year. I think that he's going to probably stay flat in terms of pass attempts, which means he's not going to throw the ball a whole lot more than he already did. So unless you expect his running game to pick back up, which I don't know, a fifth-year quarterback is going to be running the ball more than he did. I'm not sure I agree with you. Years. Jonathan Stewart, Greg Olson, Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches. Both those are four targets. I think you'll get a lot more passes because Kelvin Benjamin's only going to do better. Why would he do worse? And Devin Funches is a guy who's just like Kelvin. Last year, they had no second wide receiver. Right. They were playing with guys like Jericho Cotri that are just veterans there to teach younger players the game. You know, they didn't have anybody else. So I think that they are going to do better in all aspects. That's running and passing. But, but our opinions, you know, being at odds with each other is, is what this is all about. I just think Cam Newton will do better than that. So if you want to bet, we should say, I think he'll be higher than top 10. You think he'll be lower than top 10, right? Um... I, I do think that. Well, let's do it. Okay, so in a standard scoring league, sure. Uh, better and worse than top ten. What what do we bet? If he's if he's ten, then we're then we're cool. If he's ten, then yeah. If he's better than top ten, then you have to do something for me. Well, better than top ten or just better than ten? Better than ten. <laughs> you can't be better than top ten unless you're. Uh, Andrew Luck, and then you'll probably be like negative six or whatever. Man, that's good. Out in space. That's good ranking. <laughs> With the negative fourth draft pick, I select Aaron Andrew Luck. Right, Bowie to Aaron Bowie. Luck. Are you out there, Bowie? 
so I think uh, that he will perform within the like one to ten. You think uh, probably ten to fifteen is what you're thinking. Yeah. And so uh, we'll give it to you, and I'll I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and say uh, I'll do one through nine. If it's ten, then it's a it's just a misfire. Sure. Um, and I think uh, since we're in the habit of doing this whole um, craft beer brewery kind of thing, maybe we can do something like that. Um, okay, so uh, a beer that I just cracked is uh, Church Street, um, which is in Itasca, Illinois, which may be one of the closest breweries to our house. So we must wager a um, a growler. No. Isn't Church Beer's Street at the at the? Isn't Church Street one of those breweries that's only open like during the day on weekdays or something? Ridiculous? It may be. It may be hard to get there. <laughs> it may be very hard to get there. Okay. Uh, no, no. I I think uh, I think what we should do is, hmm. Let me let me do a quick googling. I think that the bet should be that the loser has to uh, go with the winner uh, and and buy him. A minimum of well, not a minimum, but uh, twenty dollars worth of beer at whatever brewery they want to go to that's within a three-hour radius. All right, that's just how it is. A three-hour radius. It's a lot of breweries. All um, right, so if you're cool with that, let's let's move on and then put that down. Is it radius or diameter? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk well, about. Well, if you're in the center, it's always a radius. Well, it would be 1.5 then. Let's let's okay. talk about. Uh, let's so you geometry. want the round trip to be three hours? Yeah, I think that's fair. That's fine. Yeah, so 90 minutes out. So so no New Glarus trips. No. It, Although we could maybe make it to New Glarus in 90 minutes if we drove fast. I don't want to be driving up to like uh, Kalamazoo or anything. Oh, bells, <laughs> bells, bells, bells. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk about. It. We can always make an ex- exception, but but yeah. So our deal is Cam Newton. I think five to ten. He thinks ten to fifteen. If it's ten, then uh, it both kind of evens out. And and speaking of bets, uh, maybe not this show, but next show, we should go over all the bets that we've made so far. Because one of the coolest things about this podcast that I really enjoy, besides our amazing advice and wonderful rapport, is uh, is the fact that. We make bets all the time, season-long bets, especially in the preseason, uh, and they're so much fun. And sometimes we have, you know, some of our uh, friends or, or guests on, and they also bet with us. And I, oh I yeah, I like them. to encourage the betting when someone else is on. Yeah, so let's let's go over that next show, maybe. Sure. I mean, hey, right after the next show, the day after, we're going to be redeeming one of the bets from last year. There you go. We're going to be going to uh, the Brazilian Steakhouse. For a bet that there was a, our first four-way bet. Yeah, that was uh, that was you um, and, and and Matt Cochran and one of our writers, Matt, thinking that Andre Ellington, right? I think it was Ellington would would uh, perform better overall than uh, than, than another than, running back. I think it was Ryan Matthews and uh, myself and another one of our writers this year, Mike Mosarino, were correct, and so we will be taking you up on an unlimited amount. Of uh, Brazilian steaks and and other assorted seared meats, sure. Which sounds amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. And I'm going to try to not visit the salad bar at all to get as much meat as I can get in. You have to try to not go get a salad. I, I I'll tell you, I actually really like salad bars. I like the soup. I like their like. Are cheeses. you like one of the people on the internet? I fucking love this salad. I like salads. You just like have a huge smile and you're laughing whenever you eat salad. I think you've never had a good salad. 
No, I haven't. I, I love salads, man. I've, I've had some good ones. Some Mexican salads and an Asian salad. I had a few good salads, come to think of it. They're not bad. Some fresh salads. It's got to be good, traditional And it has to have things in it, right? Like bacon or pasta or like stuff that makes it better than a regular salad. Sure, sure. Or bacon and pasta and all, right. all kinds of things. Uh, so, uh, so all right. So, Cam Newton, uh, put him in the, in, the, in the bucket. He's done. And um, let's move on to the next guy. So, we're, okay. we're still on overrated. Right, and and this may sound a little confusing. Um, Ryan Tannehill is gonna be the guy who is gonna wind up being overrated. Okay, his numbers this second don't necessarily point to it. It's not overwhelming. He's number fourteen on our rankings. He's number ten in the ECR. Uh, the experts like him more than the people drafting him. So he's still like a good value in some situations. But here's the thing. Mm-hmm. His ADP has been low all season. because And there's been a lot of drafts by this point. So the ADP values have a lot of weight to them by now. Um, but he is skyrocketing at the moment. And it's because he's being drafted much higher than his ADP at the moment. We were just in a draft, and he was taken at the end of the sixth round. Um, he was the seventh quarterback overall taken. And that was pretty crazy to me. So Miami did throw the ball 37.2 times per game last year. He does have Jarvis Landry. They picked up Jordan Cameron, Greg Jennings. Uh, They drafted Devontae Parker. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. It's a good situation for him to be in. Um, I think that kind of like Cam Newton, the ceiling is capped on Ryan Tannehill, and the hype is getting around. Like you were saying earlier, there are no sleepers anymore. Well, he's not going to enter top five. So, like, if you take him between five and ten, then the odds are that he's going to underperform because the odds are he'll be at, like, ten. Sure. So, uh, And that's how I'm looking at it is that... He, but, but our rankings say he's number 14. <clears throat> and number 14 is a good value for him, right? Yes, yes. You would totally have good value if he was... But you can't get him number 14 there. in any league. <clears throat> right, he's being taken too early. Yeah. Well, well, no, because the ADP is 13, and if ECR is 10, and we think he'll perform somewhere around 10, that means if he's ranked 14 in our rankings and someone was going by our rankings to draft, they would never get him. They would never actually get him in a draft, right? Right. Because they would let someone else take him take beforehand. So... And the reason for this, and I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, is uh, is the fact that uh, Ryan Tannehill has had some seasons where he's struggled, and especially probably in his uh, Drink 5 rating uh, over the past couple of years, is not going to be as high as some other quarterbacks. Be- based on the fact that he's a newer quarterback, he's had struggles, there's been offensive coordinator issues and play calling and players that weren't that great. And, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Wallace and him didn't really connect, so there's a lot of drop passes. So all of that stuff uh, is is coming together to make Ryan Tannehill out to be a little worse than he actually is. You know, I mean, Tannehill is getting there. I think this is a year that he officially crosses the Andy Dalton line. He's just a hair under it. And then this is definitely going to be when he crosses Didn't it. he finish in like around the top 10 quarterbacks last year? Well, okay, the, right now I'm I think he's at... officially crossed the Andy Dalton line already. <laughs> well, you know, like we said, Andy Dalton finished... Number three one year, that doesn't mean that he wasn't the Andy Dalton line. No, but you know what I'm talking about. I mean, Tannehill runs, he passes, he's got an improved team. He's way above the Andy Dalton line. Is that something you really want to argue about? I'm saying now he is passing the Andy Dalton line. He's passed, not passing. Mm, 
I think it's just now happening. If you think that, then that means that he is no better than his number 16 quarterback overall. Well, I mean, you have to look at the things that Andy Dalton has around him, and he still can't, you know... All that Andy Dalton has is A.J. Green. And a running game. Sort of. Not not anywhere near as as many people and and you know talented stuff that, that's going on here. Plus, he doesn't run, and Tannehill runs. Tannehill has been really good at that. Last year, he was so good, and and in the preseason, even we saw him uh, already like running. So, I mean, I, I I don't understand where you're coming from. If you're saying he's passing the Andy Dalton line, you're insane, brother. Insane. I don't see that whatsoever. Now, I don't put him in a, in the top ten. I think he's below the top 10. I think he's right outside, like where Eli Manning always is, you know, where you're like right. at 11, 12, 13. Sure, sure. But he's way above Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton doesn't get drafted as a quarterback two sometimes. <laughs> no, that, that's silly. He always gets drafted as a QB two. <laughs> anyway, say what you will. Uh, I, I think you're completely off target on that. But number 14 in our ranking says that he was he was not as good in the past. Keep in mind that just like Cam Newton, those guys that are quarterbacks that uh, that are newer quarterbacks are going to be taking a hit on our rankings because when you're a rookie and when you're a sophomore, you're not going to do as well as you will six or seven years down the line if you're a franchise quarterback. And Tannehill and Cam Newton are both franchise quarterbacks now, which means that we're giving them a hit on stuff that the other guys don't get, right? They don't get that hit because they've been playing for longer. So we're giving them an early hit. What we should do is, is sort of project them and say, they're going to continue at this pace now, if not improve upon it. So I would say that Tannehill should do the same or better than last year. Um, and, and he did really well. And that is my entire point, is that he is improving, but you know the word has gotten out about that. Okay. Well, so don't you got him. hung up on me saying that he was just on the other side of the Andy Dalton line. So you said he was passing. That's what I got hung up on is that is that particular word. That means he's not there yet. <laughs> and I don't I don't understand that at all. I don't know where you're coming from. If you can explain that to me. No, I don't mean he's not there yet. So he's passed the Andy Dalton line. Yes, he is in the process. Like he's in just the passed process. it. No, he's passed. There's it. like a never mind. Let's forget about the fucking Andy Dalton line. <laughs> Come on, man. He is passing or passed, right? No, I'm done. I'm done arguing that the passing and pass. Okay. Well, moving on then. <sighs> All right. So, um, I, did you have anything else to say about Ryan, Ryan Tannehill? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know if we were done with Tannehill or not. Uh, so, most everyone else kind of fits with our rankings. Uh, you know, with the ECR, they're not too far apart one way or the other. Um, so, go ahead and take a look at it on Fantasy Pros or go to our website. Are they up on our website yet, Dave? They've been up there, yep. Excellent. So, go to our website and look at them. Um, but you can also use, you know, if you do use Fantasy Pros, you can use our rankings as part of what you... Uh, can you know what you take into consideration? Um, so a couple of guys uh, to look at the rookie quarterbacks this year are Jameis Winston. Uh, so did you watch the first preseason game with him at all against the Vikings? You know I did. Okay, so Winston was uh, terrible. He was uh, not catching the snap. He was throwing it to the wrong team. 
He looked awful. Yeah, he had a, a against a good, good Miami, de- or a good Minnesota defense, though at first appearance in an NFL game at all. Yes. So I mean, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, but yeah, he he was sort of made. It was a mess. Yes, but we can go ahead and just throw it away. I, I I'm okay with that. I think that's fair. Um, he's going to be starting from game one this year. Do you see him having any fantasy relevance this year, even in a two quarterback league? It's possible because he has Mike Evans, who was really stellar last year and probably won't lose much ground because he's Mike Evans and, and this is going to be a huge target in the red zone. Vincent Jackson, who could end up performing better than he has in the past couple of years because of quarterback performance being better than Josh McCown or Mike Lennon. And I don't care if Jameis Winston isn't great. He'll still be better than Mike Lennon or Josh McCown. Uh, <laughs> this is true. They have Austin Safarian Jenkins, who by all accounts uh, is a tight end who could break out this year uh, in, in a really high level and at least finish towards the you know the, the top 10 or whatever. Um, and so if you have all three of those guys, plus a possible resurgence of guys like Doug Martin and then uh, uh, Chris Sims, who's a passing back guy, I, I don't know. I, I don't like quarterbacks in their first year. I will not take them. But he is a guy who could start slow and end the season uh, performing at a decent level. Makes sense to me. Uh, I need. I still won't definitely take need to wait and see with Jameis Winston. Right. So a guy who I don't really need to wait on is Marcus Mariota. Mariota. Up you had a drink. That's um, Mariota for those people listening out so there. So Mariota <laughs> is in a very rough situation in Tennessee. Um, he is pretty much certain not to be fantasy relevant at all. And I think that that may be the case for several years. You know, look at like Derek Carr. Like nobody's going to be worrying about drafting Derek Carr this year. Um, and, you know, he's going to have a lot of ground to make up to cover before, you know, we actually have to worry about him as a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, so I, he's not a guy who's going to be immediately drafted. That's true. Uh, there are people that are going to be good on his team, right? The squad, he's got Kendall Wright, who could come back and be a PPR stud. A lot of good news about Kendall Wright coming out of camp. Tennessee has a lot of rookies. Doriel Green Beckham, who could or, or might not be good. I, I tend to lean towards the not good. <laughs> um, and they've got um, Delaney Walker, who could be another PPR stud. Um and that's about it. So I don't, I don't think that he has the tools um, right away to be fantasy relevant. I agree with you. Uh, so do you think we'll see Zach Mettenberger return at all? Or is it going to be Mariota forever? Mariota. Okay. I said that. <laughs> then you said Mariota. No. Okay. We can go back and listen. We'll, we'll go back and play I, it back. I stretched out the ah uh, a little bit. That's Mariota. Uh, I, I like Zach Mettenberger. He's a statue. They always say there's a statue. He's a statue. But he's a big guy. With he's a, a large statue. With a big passing arm. And I think that if uh, Mario Ta gets injured, for example, then Mettenberger easily steps in as their number one. And if he doesn't, and Mario Ta ends up playing out the entire... uh oh, you're just showing off. No, I'm saying his name correctly. <laughs> Look, it's going to be hard for everybody this year. It's going to be hard for everyone to, to pronounce it correctly. But I I am confident that uh, the correct pronunciation of the name will win out over the easy way to pronounce it. I'm confident. Of course. Um, 
So I think that regardless, uh, he will end up being a quarterback somewhere. So it's probably one of those guys that, it, let's say Mario Tav fills out the season, he doesn't get injured, uh, he goes on to season two. Well, Mettenberger will get a contract somewhere else. He'll get traded or he'll get signed somewhere else and he'll he'll have a He'll be a backup chance. at least somewhere else. He'll be a chance to be a starter, in my opinion. I mean, if he were on the Bills or the Texans this year, he would certainly have a chance to be a starter. And look at teams like the Bears, etc. All those teams... They need someone, and they have no one. That's true. So, like, when the Bears get rid of Cutler, which is an eventuality, who are they going to go to? Are they, They're not going to go to their backups. They suck. Right? And, and there's a lot of teams like that. And even looking at guys that are really good, you know, their backups still suck. <laughs> like Russell Wilson has Tavares Jackson. Like, not only is he injured, but he's not a good quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Derek McCarr has Matt McGloin. Is that his backup? He does, yeah. I mean, come on. Matt McLoyne. You know Mettenberg's going to start somewhere unless the draft class in 2017 has 16 quarterback prospects to go in the third round. <laughs> like, that's not going to happen. So, I think he'll have a chance, like you said, at least to be a, a high-end backup or a starter somewhere. Or Mario Todd gets injured or doesn't prove to be the guy everyone thought he was and Mettenberg goes back in. But being the Tennessee is a rebuilding rookie-dependent franchise right now, I think they stick with him the whole year. For sure. Um, and he is worth picking up in Dynasty Leagues, like we said earlier. Um, you know, you, you can't leave a guy like that out. No, we don't know what his uh, ceiling is. We don't know what his floor is. We don't know anything about him. True. Uh, so another guy we don't really know anything about, Bryce Petty. Um, I don't think he's going to even play this year, probably. He's the only other rookie quarterback out there that anyone is paying any attention to, though. Mostly because of all the drama that's going on with the New York Jets. Are you familiar with Bryce Petty's college career? Not especially. So Petty is one of those guys that has come out of college and everyone looks at him, the scouts, and they say, he will be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he will take a while to get there. Okay. And so he needs to be behind people. He needs to learn. He doesn't need to be rushed in. Like anything. Tony Romo. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, so Petty, if he's not going to do it on the Jets, will do it somewhere else. Um, if you're in a league like we're in. I hope he goes in, somewhere else. There's better places to learn. Well, the Jets the Jets have a history of bad things happening to people, and that's certainly true this year. Geno Smith getting punched in the face leaves Ryan Fitzpatrick as the number one quarterback. As you said, uh, it looks like Fitzpatrick has the job. However, I do see the possibility of Petty starting. That would be if Fitzpatrick gets injured and or doesn't perform well towards the middle of the season and Geno Smith still isn't back. Well, they just signed Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn is not a starting quarterback. He's not going to start, but I think he will play if Fitzpatrick gets injured. He's so bad on any team except for the Packers versus Detroit Lions. Yeah, but like the the thing is, when they have these project guys like Bryce Petty that they want, they they just won't start them early. Unless they don't want to, but that happens more and more often. Th- lately. That's why they picked up Matt Flynn is so that they don't have to start him. Well, that and, and they one of their quarterbacks got injured. Well, okay. <laughs> there, there's more than one reason, but yes, but yes. They, they would rather, uh, you know, if they know that they're going to struggle with Bryce Petty and he's going to throw picks, they would rather have Matt Flynn, you know, have all that bad happen to him and then save Bryce Petty and keep building him up. Ugh. If I if and wait I, for the right moment to introduce him. If I was like, uh, you know, the manager of a football team, I I don't think I would let Matt Flynn be my quarterback in any situation. Do you have to drink for that. <laughs> Why? I don't know, because we were saying coaches' names. You're like, if I was a coach... Well, that's, it, okay, well, that's fine. 
But I, I don't know. I, I guess you're right. Bryce Petty probably won't see the field, but I could see him seeing the field if like everybody else was terrible. I mean, Matt Flynn has a history of being terrible. It sucks. That I they, think that he will have not to pick him up. It uh, sucks. I'm thinking that he will not see the field because of terrible. He would only see the field because of injury. Okay. Um, so there are quarterback battles going on this year. Two of them uh, happening in camps right now. So in Buffalo, you've got Tyrod Taylor versus Matt Castle. Um, what we are sure of is that EJ Manuel is no longer part of that conversation. He was the starter for a very brief time last year. I believe he got benched during the year because he was that bad. And this year he can't find his way to beat out Tyrod Taylor, who's now in his fifth year in the league and hasn't started anywhere, and Matt Castle, who hasn't started anywhere for five years. Yeah, but they really like Tyrod Taylor because uh, he's one of those sort of running quarterbacks that could get a whole lot on the ground. Uh, and that's interesting, but that's not what Buffalo needs or wants. Right. They have good receiving targets, so they want a guy like Castle to start. That's why I think the 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 new coaches that came to that team went out and grabbed Castle because they wanted someone who was like Kyle Orton, who could be a game manager, who could give the ball to guys like Watkins and uh, uh, Percy Harvin, and uh, you know just make sure that that they were able to handle it. I mean, they've got uh, Lashawn McCoy. And they've got Sammy Watkins, who's going to be one of the premier receivers in the league, regardless of who his quarterback is. He's just a beast. And uh, Percy Harvin is certainly uh, not going to hurt anything. And, uh, Other than himself. Yeah, well. <laughs> but I guess behind Watkins, you got Harvin and Woods. They're not all that great. But you have people to throw the ball to, and you don't want someone like Tyrod, who's just going to go out there and run and, and you know open the ball up to fumbles. It's not going to work out. So... I agree with you. I think as, as much talent as Tyrod might have as an athlete, he's not going to to finish his career as any kind of prominent NFL quarterback. <laughs> this is this is uh, most likely true. So whoever does wind up, uh, I'm starting voting for there, Castle there. Really, you think Castle's going to start? I think that's what they want. He did start uh, game one of the preseason. I don't know if they've announced their starter for game two. Okay. It's only, I mean, they're either playing on probably Thursday or Saturday, mm-hmm. so it's probably not that far away. We'll know more over the next couple of preseason games. Um, do you think that... I know you were going through the targets earlier. Do you really think that one of these two guys would be fantasy relevant as a quarterback two? I didn't say that. I, I'm, I, I'm, I didn't mean to imply that. I'm asking you, do you think that? I don't think that. Okay. I think that it's, it's more important for me that Matt Castle start rather than Tyrod Taylor... Because Matt Castle, I think, is going to be able to place the ball in people's hands a little bit more accurately and better just because he has more experience and he's done it before. Uh, You have a guy like Tyrod who's a rookie, or not a rookie, but uh, someone who doesn't have a lot of experience under center in the NFL. And I think he played on Baltimore for years but never really had any, like, valuable uh, time with the ball, right? Because he was always Flacco's backup. Right. I mean, Tyrod Taylor doesn't have any meaningful stats over his four-year career. And uh, and Baltimore uh, just grabbed Matt Schaub, and and if they think Matt Schaub is more valuable than keeping Tyrod, then then they must not care about him very much. That's true. Although I I am surprised to hear that Tyrod sounds like he's sort of leading the the battle here in camp. It's because he's a more athletic, younger guy. And he looks better, and... Maybe that's what they wish they were seeing out of EJ Manuel, a guy who was more experienced and made better decisions with the ball 
but could still run around and scramble and make extend the play. Yeah. I mean, you, if you have a guy who can throw and extend the play, guys like Sammy Watkins are going to be open literally every single down. Well, that's like having a Michael Vick, though. He's only going to be good for one or two years because there's going to be injuries, there's going to be teams scheming against you. Well, not necessarily. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger scrambles all the time and finds the open guy. He extends the play. Yeah, but Roethlisberger scrambling is different from Tyrod Taylor, who's a guy who's going to have designed run plays for him. Well, that's completely different. What I was saying is that he's going to be able to scramble around and extend the play. Yeah, I just don't think he's a very skilled... As long as he stays behind the line of scrimmage. ...passing back in the pocket, you know? Right, he's not as good as Ben Roethlisberger, that's for damn sure. Well, there's a lot of people that aren't as good as Ben (laughs) Roethlisberger. But uh, you got guys like Tannehill, too. Tannehill can scramble, Tannehill can run. He's not as good as Ben Roethlisberger, either. You know, he can't chuck it down like like he can. You know, this it's tough for these guys, especially to stand up to people like these these veterans that are going to be Hall of Famers, like, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and Ben Roethlisberger and Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Yeah. It, how are you going to do that? You're not going to stand up to them. It's not going to happen. Uh, and especially on Buffalo, their defense is great. They have some good receiving threats. But their offense is, is not really anything that people are going to be super afraid of. Except... Are, Maybe for LaShawn McCoy in their running game. They're probably going to lean on it. Are they going to improve or decline because they got Rex Ryan as their coach? Buffalo? Buffalo. What did they do last year? Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. I think they were 8-8. Eight and eight. I will uh, verify that, but I'm pretty sure they were. In a division with Miami and New England, and who's the other team uh, in the, the division? The Jets. And the Jets. I think we talked about this already. I think we decided... They were 9-7, in fact. I think we decided that they were going to stay about the same. <laughs> like 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven again? Well, they have a great uh, defense, but I just don't know that the offense is ready with you know whoever's under center that, that no one wanted to be under center. They, didn't, they just don't have their quarterback. Yeah. And without their quarterback, if they're above 500, they had a really good season. That's fair when enough. you get a quarterback with a good defense and good offensive threats, then you become a team that competes for the Super Bowl. But only not until then. No, not until then. So in Houston uh, is the other quarterback battle, which we'll be seeing on Hard Knocks later tonight uh, or right now if you guys watch that instead of uh, listening to us. Shame on you. Uh, so uh, Coach Bill O'Brien, cheers. <laughs> Isn't really uh, tipping his hand one way or the other about who he likes in this uh, competition, about who he thinks is going to start. In Houston they say that? In Houston they say that. No, I'm all messed up. So anyways, uh, Ryan Mallett is going to start Game 2. Brian Hoyer started Game 1. There's still a toss-up. Right. Look at who's going to start Game 3. My guess is that's going to be the starter. Do you know a lot about Hoyer and Mallett? Um, only from what I've seen. I know that they're both from New England. Well, I mean, you know, they both started in New England. Yeah, so so Hoyer, this uh, sort of almost game manager guy, but he has had the opportunity to go out there and make a difference, but it was on Cleveland. And so is it is it the problem of, you know, Cleveland's play calling and offense, or is it Brian Hoyer not able to actually lead them and connect the dots? And Ryan Mallett with a huge arm, but is just not a very smart quarterback yet. <laughs> Yeah. So I who mean, do you take? The guy who's tried but failed, or the guy who has uh, an amazing arm, you know, but just can't do the other stuff? If they think that they can teach Ryan Mallett how to do the other stuff, 
then they got to go with Ryan Mallett. Right, because they have no one else. There, right. there they have is to develop no someone. I don't know that you can develop Brian Hoyer into anything but a journeyman quarterback at this point. So if you had a team that was really looking at a Super Bowl window uh, that was closing, then you might go with Hoyer. But I think especially with the injury to Arian Foster this year, they may lean towards Mallet trying to develop him. Well, if the team is going to decide whether or not they're going to go far in the in the the league and make it to the playoffs, uh, they're always going to going to say that they're going to go there. They're always going to say that they're, they're going always going to say it. They're always going to say it. But you need to no. They have to believe it, man. Especially Houston with all those good defensive guys and some pretty good offensive threats. DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Arian Foster, if he does return in like six weeks or whatever they said, uh, it's possible that they could put up some points. But you and I know that Houston has no chance of, of even getting to the conference championship. In fact, it would be really great... They're not even going to win their division. It would be really great of them to make the playoffs. Right. I agree. So, in that case, I think you have to start a guy like Ryan Mallett. And I think maybe they're going to lean towards that, unless he's so terrible. And I, I'm glad that he's going to you know start game two, because I want to see him. I want to see exactly what this big arm does, and I want to see if... It really owes to DeAndre Hopkins because is Hoyer going to be able to hoist it downfield? Uh, is Hopkins value? He certainly, Hoyer certainly hit uh, Cecil Shorts on a nice touchdown pass, but that was not a down the field throw. That was kind of an intermediate. Yeah, and his Shorts is playing like slot and somewhat rotating positions. Right. Um, but yeah, if if Mallet can really chuck it, then that's probably what you're going to want. Um, for for a guy that's going to lead you to maybe make the playoffs, and that's. That's like the extent of your run this year is to maybe make the playoffs. <laughs> that, that's like what they're striving for. Let's maybe make the playoffs. Well, they have one of the best defenses in the NFL, if, oh, not, yeah. if not the best defense. So always going to be fun to watch. But they have to put up 22 points to win games. Right. They need someone to run that offense and to do it uh, you know, more than efficiently. Yeah, J.J. Watt can't swat every ball. Like he can't gonna... catch every pass on offense either. Yeah, that's that's a good point though. He he could definitely be their tight end. He could fill in if he could, you know, similar if he had unlimited to stamina. Yeah. Then he could totally, you know, play both sides of the ball. Guys used to play both sides of the ball. Yeah, I don't think it was as intense of a game back then. No, that game was just guys super tired all the time. I, I mean, like <laughs> if these guys played both sides of the ball, it would be a sluggish, slower game. Well, they should do that in base, uh, basketball too. They should like have have it so it's split up, and then your defense and you're not playing; you're just offense. So you just come off the bench and you go right to the. The offense, offense doesn't have to run down the court. The they just, defense they just has come to run off. down. They just come off, and the defense comes on. They just as soon as you step <laughs> off, somebody guy can step on on the other side of the court. Yeah, that'd be great An arcade game for sure. Wow! And then everyone would be amazing. They think they're on a fast break, and then all of a sudden there's a guy who's just planted himself in the lane. NBA blitz. There'd be like sixteen thousand dunks NBA every blitz. game. Alley oops everywhere. It was called NBA Jam. Because He's they, heating up because they don't have to run back and forth on the court. Uh, anyway, nothing to nothing to take away from the football players. I mean, their field is a lot bigger than a basketball court. Good observation, Dave. That's what I'm here for. And so, on that bombshell, so we agree and disagree on, on many points, but I, I dare say that we agree on more things than we disagree on, which is important, being that these rankings come from the both of us. I agree. So. It, I, had, I don't. I don't think we'll disagree on that. It had to have happened, right? 
So um, that's the quarterbacks. We're going to be doing the wide receivers, then the running backs. I don't know which order exactly. And then some tight ends um, in the upcoming weeks, leading you into your 2015 fantasy football season. Or, or the NFL season, however you care to look at it. Yep, it is the running backs next Tuesday. All right. So uh, look forward to that. That should be fun. And, uh, as of course, it always is fun here on the podcast with, uh, with Dave and Jason. And thanks for all those people that were listening tonight. I hope that you don't tell your friends about the podcast and keep it to yourselves. Because, don't tell anybody. Because that's probably going to be better for you in the long run on, on your fantasy league. Right. If you listen to all of our advice and don't share it with anyone, you're going to win. Well, that... <laughs> I guarantee it, it would that be, you will win. Dave guarantees it. No, I don't. With money. No. <laughs> this, You can only guarantee that someone will win if you're doing direct input in their decisions all the time. We are not on a one-on-one basis with our audience, unfortunately. So I can say that if... Thankfully, there's more than one person in our audience now. If there are... <laughs> so we are not on one-on-one with them. Oh man! Well, I'll tell you when we first started doing the we podcast, we were one on one with a couple our a couple of years ago. There was not very many people listening, so it's really nice to have more people on, etc. And uh, to all those people listening who are not in the live broadcast, we really appreciate you as well. And please continue to check our stuff out on uh, iTunes at Drink Five Network and on Stitcher at the same name, and follow us on uh, uh, Twitter dot com slash Drink Five and uh, Facebook dot com slash Drink 5 Network, and everywhere else you can find us. Hey, thanks for blasting me out there, dude. I didn't. I'm not the one who had my music turned up loud. <laughs> Most especially drink5.com, and, and like Jason mentioned, we're uh, you know a featured expert on Fantasy Pros on a weekly basis, so please do go ahead and check out our rankings there as well. And before I get any more long-winded, here's some music for you. Cheers, buddy.